When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now, happy hump day everybody. Today is Wednesday the 31st of May. It's the end of the month, payday for a lot of people, and we are ready to go with another episode of After 9. Dave Blizzard is filling in for Kat again today, and oh hi. Hello there. What are you doing? You got a new phone? Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm, uh, (laughs) I'm... I'm in setup mode, and you know how long it takes to set up a phone sometimes? And it's supposed to be easy, right? Oh, it'll just copy the settings from your old phone. Yeah, after about 50,000 questions, where's the AI on that? Yeah, let's make that happen. Just set this up a lot quicker. And I know there's a that you can touch the phones, and they do the, the, the transfer that way and things like that, but there's always a few details that aren't right yep. when you switch from phones. I don't understand how you can copy everything from one phone to another, Yet the first time you turn that new phone on, it's going to ask you basic questions like English, French, Spanish. Well, obviously it's English. Everything you transferred over was English. The second question is, what's your problem? Yeah, that too. (laughs) Are you technically inept? Uh, We'll talk about a couple of different things on this episode. Some of them, fun. Some of them, 80-year-olds fornicating. And others, sports. Let's take you back to yesterday. I recognize yesterday uh, I made a post that was hurtful to the Pride community, which includes friends of mine and close family members of mine. And I am truly sorry for that. Um, I just spoke with my teammates and shared with them my actions yesterday. I apologize with them. And as of right now, I'm using the Blue Jays resources to better educate myself, to make better decisions moving forward. Uh, the ballpark is for everybody. Uh, we include all fans at the ballpark and we, and we want to welcome everybody. That's all I have to say. That was Blue Jays pitcher Anthony Bass issuing an apology after the other day he shared a video that some are saying is anti-LGBTQ, 2S, you know what I mean, guys. Everybody knows what I mean. Uh, They're saying it was anti-that. Some are saying it wasn't really anti-2S, LGBTQ. It was more uh, boycotting Target and things like that. And there are others who would say they're one and the same. Uh, yeah, it was, I would say that it, I'd be in that, that camp. It is the same thing because the reason they're saying to boycott Target is because they support Pride. Is it really that they support... I'll play a, just a touch of devil's advocate here because I do hear this from a lot of people and it's a topic that people really have tried to goat me on. Like, hey, I want to know what you think in the podcast. Tell me what the, you really think. This is a really tough conversation to have yep. because the sensitivity level that people have to this is... It's so varied and not everybody feels the same way or the same level of feeling for this. So you you want to be sensitive to it, but you're just so scared of saying the wrong thing. Right. So I, too, am scared of saying the wrong thing, frankly, because it's just a pain in the ass. It's a real headache if somebody misinterprets something that you said. So I want you to know that I'm coming at this with the best of intentions. I do not want to stir up any shit, but I am going to ask some questions here because I do hear it from both sides. And especially with that decision that the York Catholic District School Board made recently about not flying the pride flag for the month of June, then this is just a worldwide exploding issue 
that seems to resonate in North America the most. So we'll start off with Anthony Bass here. He shared a video, and the video was, don't shop at Target, don't drink Bud Light, whatever. And, and those who are supportive of the LGBTQ community would say that that is an anti-gay or whatever you want to say, an anti-gay position to take. There's others who would say, no, I'm totally fine with the LGBTQ community, but I don't want it thrown in my face on a can of beer in the Bud Light example. Not that it ever was because the Dylan Mulvaney cans were never going to be available to the public. As far as I know, they were sent to to her as a uh, promotional thing and and. Companies send me shit all the time to try and get me to talk about them. Half the time, I don't. It's just Dylan took the bait. When it comes to Target, there are those who feel, sure, Target is great, and I go to Target for my groceries and my home furnishings and all that sort of stuff, but the LGBTQ stuff that they were promoting in the store was being promoted specifically to children, and that's where they drew their red line in the sand. Yeah, and even that is a little questionable because... I saw tons of videos of people showing things that had rainbows in it. Kids' clothes didn't always have rainbows. Give me a break. Stop it. I remember rainbows in clothing for kids, male, female, whatever you want to say, for my entire life. But now you want to be outraged. It just bothers me. Well, it just seems like we've hit this this real breaking point. And, and the analogy I keep hearing is the pendulum has swung too far. Oh, And I don't know if that's a good or a bad analogy, but one thing I will say is tolerance is key. Tolerance is key, and there should be absolutely no hate towards anybody for any reason that's not justified. In this case, their their life choices or – no, that's not even the right way to say it. If they're a member of the LGBTQ community and you don't like them just because they're a member of the LGBTQ community – That's a you problem. That's a you problem, absolutely. Now, I do think it is a different area, though, when we start talking about putting it on the beer cans, uh, marketing to children, things like that. I understand why some people are upset. I understand why some people are saying, ah, it's too much. It's too much all at once. I get that because it is a little overwhelming for some, particularly those who would like to be able to participate in the conversation but are shit scared of saying the wrong thing. And I think that's where we can go back to Anthony Bass here because this video looks like a hostage video. This looked like this was written for him and he was told, you're going to say this or something to this effect in front of the cameras and you're going to mean it. And if you don't, you're either going to the minors and then we're just going to shuttle you out in the off season, or you'll never play pro baseball again and get paid millions of dollars to do what you love. Yeah. Do you want to play more of that? Is that what you want to do here? Or? That was the whole statement, okay. but even just the beginning of it. Thank you. I recognized yesterday uh, I made a post that was hurtful to the pride community, which includes friends of mine and close family members of mine. And I am truly sorry for that. Uh, like, I don't believe a word of what he's saying here. This just seems like a very uh, contrived thing that he was given. And as an example, somebody typed into chat GPT yesterday, artificial intelligence, write the perfect uh, apology video for Anthony Bass. And it came out almost word for word what he said. Pretty much the same thing. It's almost a template at this point. Oh, fuck. Did I fuck up? Did I piss somebody off? All right. Turn on the cameras and I'll read the prepared statement. It's, um, oh man, this is where I'm worried about what I say here because this frustrates me a lot. I'm a huge, huge lifelong fan of the Toronto Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that this guy and his views represent my views. Uh, as, and as a fan, I'm disappointed that he wears the crest of the team that I cheer for. 
Uh, I'm disappointed because I feel that what he shared was incredibly uh, ignorant. Uh, what I mean, right or wrong, you say what you want to say about it. Uh, I think it's misinformed, and I think that he's ill-informed. And I didn't feel sincerity in that apology whatsoever. I mean, but he's not apologizing to me either. So it's really frustrating because I think of it like, do the Blue Jays need to take more action? John Schneider, the manager, he said uh, that there will be more to this. And it's going to start behind closed doors. This is not the end of it. He said the apology to the team and all that. He's like, that's just the tip of the iceberg here. Um, Here's where I struggle with it the most. So he posts this story and he shares it. And it's an you're advocating for it at that point. You're endorsing it. If you're if you're willing to share content like that, that is an endorsement. And you've got boycott Target, boycott Bud Light. The Blue Jays are going to be doing a whole huge pride thing next weekend. Are you saying the same message or are you changing your message because it's your employer? Did he just read the room wrong? And and the reason I'm asking that question is because we saw pushback in the NHL and in the NBA this past season where teams were ready to do their pride night theme night and players said, I don't want to do it. I'm not comfortable with it. Or I'm of Russian descent and this could have an impact on my family back at home. And, And there were teams that actually backed down and said, okay, scrap the pride thing. We're not going to do that as a team. This isn't something that we are going to do. We'll just stick to our, our country night and our cowboy night and our toony hot dog nights and shit like that. And did he think that if he put this out there or, or whatever, that maybe baseball would start to take the same position that some of the franchises in the NHL and the NBA did and maybe just drop the pride thing altogether. Uh, there were players who seemed to get a voice and be able to sort of push back a little bit against their team's intentions to do pride night to the point where they dropped it. Was he secretly or low-key hoping that the Blue Jays would realize, oh shit, maybe not all of our players are on board with this pride night thing. Maybe we should rename it or maybe we should rethink it. This is so much deeper than this, but... I have my frustration with this is that the people who complain about pride are the ones that need pride events because, oh, I don't support until you treat everybody as equal. You need to to highlight these things and you need to normalize these things. You need to spend more time talking about them. You need to stop being afraid of them Uh, until there is that parody. This is going to keep happening. Okay, but ever can we ca- talk about it? I mean, yeah. I'm dancing around this right now, doing a a real jig here, just trying not to say the wrong thing because as I'll, I'll, I'll use a term that they throw around a lot on social media. Because once you say the wrong thing, the woke mob comes after you, and oh fuck, that's a boogeyman. I don't buy that crap at all. Well, then that- how do you explain all these people that are calling for this guy to be? canceled whereas other people are saying good he has a right to have an opinion because what's happened now is there's a divisive line in the middle you have an extreme view one way or the other you don't have nuance and nobody's talking to each other it's either i'm on this side or i'm on that side you see the comments of good i'm gonna buy an anthony bass jersey why he's a shitty pitcher and you're she sure shit will not be here next year yeah well why so you're gonna buy that because you support his views i i'm not buying a Bo Bichette jersey because he wears a pride jersey one day. You see what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. it's just this... This was on The Daily Show. Uh, Jordan Klepper was the host. Uh, for the, the He was the guest host for the week. And it, there was a conversation that he had with a, um, uh, a member of the audience who said, what's the thing you've learned the most from the Trump rallies and that that you've covered? And he said, this was the most telling thing that I discovered. 
is that you can have political commentary and political conversation with people who are rational, but once they have made it their identity, it's impossible. You'll never change their mind because they've now made it who they are and they will die for that team no matter what. They will constantly and forever defend the actions of somebody on their team no matter what. No ifs, ands, or buts. And, and that's, we're not going to have conversations if that's how people act. We're never going to be able to have civil discourse. And that's what's missing. Okay. Uh, he apologized. Mm-hmm. And I assume that's not good enough or it's not enough. Is, is that why people are still calling for this guy to be traded or sent to the minors? So Because he did what you're supposed to do. He said, I was wrong. I'm going to make an effort to educate myself, and I apologize. Those are the three things that you're supposed to do in these scenarios. Yes. There's a question of who's the judge, jury, and executioner on this, too. Who's the one that decides when the apology is enough? People are making comparisons back to when Kevin Pillar uh, made a, a gay slur yeah, and uh, a homophobic slur during a game, I believe it was. And he was super apologetic. He, he learned about it and understood, oh, you know what? This, this comment was based on lack of knowledge and uh-huh. ignorance. And I just didn't know. And he educated himself and he used those team resources. My only hope is that Anthony Bass will do that. I don't know that he will or not, but it's not up for me to judge it. And really, it's not up for anybody to judge it. If he really does believe that that there is more to learn and there is more to educate yourself on, then he's going to he's going to have to show it. He is a public figure and people now have an opinion of him based on this. Let me ask you, is it possible to be supportive of the LGBTQ community, but still hate what Bud Light did and what Target's doing and what, uh, there's a few other ones, like I think Pier 1 somehow got dragged into this for some reason. I think you have to ask yourself the question is, why does it bother you? Why does it, what is it really about it that bothers you? Because again, if if it's all normal and we all, we all agree that everything is equal, then who cares? But a lot of those people though, in fairness, would say, I don't care what you do in your personal life. It has no impact on me. I don't want to hear anything either way about it. I just want to live my life. I'm going to, I'm actually going to refer to Ted Lasso. Oh, good. For this. Final episode's out. <laughs> exactly. So it's perfect timing for this. There's a spoil. This is going to be a bit of a spoiler here. Okay. There's a character uh, on the show who, um, who's in the closet. He's gay and he has a really hard time telling his teammates and there is an episode where he comes out and Ted says to the, to the room, he goes, we don't care that you're gay. We don't care. We don't care at all. And then he stopped and he goes, you know what? That's not right. We do care. We do. We absolutely do care that, that you're gay because we love you and we have to care because we love you. And so we do care that, that, that you're gay and we want you to be happy, which means we're going to do more to support you then it, it will be to just be quiet about it and not say anything. And it was it was just such a an, an incredible, like you kind of get emotional watching this episode because they 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 really point out that you can be an ally by by being part of somebody's life, and you can make it even worse by just ignoring it. That's who they are. Mm-hmm. And it was just so it was just so telling that 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 episode was just so powerful. And if you haven't seen it yet, I apologize for ruining it. But um, it, it really it really I thought was this a really important message. And I think that the whole wow, what you do is your business and that kind of thing. Yeah, sure. That's fine. But we're that's part of that is the, I think is a, it's not understanding that there, that it's normal. 
or not believing that it's normal. Maybe not understanding is the wrong word, but not believing that it's normal. Uh huh. Um, and that it's that it is still somehow different than the norm. What's your comfort level right now? Are you still okay to talk about this, or can I go a little further down the road sure. in, in a devil's advocate sense? Yeah, absolutely. And and I love that we can actually have this conversation because this this is two heterosexual guys talking about this. Absolutely. You know, I bring no lived experience to this com- that part of the conversation. I just you know I, I come from that that angle of uh, yeah I, I care I do care and it really made me think about how I position myself and. I do care because if people are not all being treated equally, then I do care. And that's a disservice and an injustice to them. Okay, well, let's take out the the pop culture phenomenon of it all, the Bud Lights and the Targets and places like that of the world. And by the way, you have every right to do whatever you want with your money. And if you don't want to shop at Target because you think they're, I, I think I saw the word grooming children, that you go right ahead and don't shop at Target and don't buy Bud Light if you don't want to. That's totally fine. But don't shit on other people who decide to make another choice. And the hypocritical bullshit from people like Kid Rock pisses me off. Go back and look at pictures of him in previous years. Drag queens at his shows. He's hanging out with them. He's doing events with them, all this stuff. And now all of a sudden he's got a problem with it. Give me a break. Can you be generally supportive of the pride movement or the LGBTQ movement, but still be opposed to flying a rainbow flag outside of school? I mean, I heard yesterday, I I heard things yesterday because it seems like people have drawn a line in the sand. If you oppose those flags being flown outside of school, you're anti-LGBTQ, meaning we must come after you. We must re-educate you or or whatever the case is. And I don't necessarily see it that way. Let me give you just one perspective. I collect flags. I have lots of them, including a pride flag and, and. I don't know if I want to get caught up in the middle of it with my neighbors and put that flag out tomorrow, or maybe I'll just leave it away this year. And it's just because I really don't want to deal with the drama and the bullshit. Well, you know who wins when you do that is is the vocal minority usually. I, I don't know who's in the minority here, to be honest with you, but there are many people who feel flagpoles, a, a flag is a ceremonial and symbolic thing, and the space on a flagpole, particularly outside a government building, should be either uh, country only or country province or country city, municipality, whatever. And they feel that there's no room for any f- other flags. We don't hang a Leafs flag when the Leafs are in the playoffs. We don't put up Unless a- you're the Molson plant. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and we don't put up a pride flag in June. Uh, we don't even have a flag for Black History Month. So that obviously gets a little, uh, muddies the water a little bit there too. So Again, the question, can you be generally supportive of the LGBTQ movement, but still oppose hanging flags outside the school? Well, I think, again, it goes back to you're, you're totally right with what space do we want to use? Do we want to say schools are off, off limits? We say government buildings are off limits, whatever it may be. But we're still not at a place where everyone treats this equally. And I think that that's part of the pushback. And that's part of the fight is that people are saying, well, we need our governments to stand up and we need our, uh, our local leaders to stand up and, and support the cause because there's still that opinion that it's not equal. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's hard because it's like you're leaning on, on your, your politicians to make those, um, those judgment calls and uh, they don't always get it right. No, uh, Doug, they don't. F- Doug Ford completely ignored it yesterday when he was asked about it. A straight up no comment. No comment. I'm like, really? Why wouldn't you comment? Why wouldn't you comment? So as I understand it, 
Doug didn't comment because it was a totally separate body of government, but still elected by the people. And and Doug doesn't criticize Justin Trudeau for what gets done federally. Why would he criticize school board trustees for what they do privately? So I, I guess that's what I'm going to assume. That's yeah. I think that's, yeah, I think that's a big leap because he's an opinionated guy. Sure, but but he also doesn't want to get canceled. He's also one of the most statesmanlike premiers in the country right now. I mean. I heard somebody yesterday on talk radio say it best, you know, take away the history, what we know about Doug Ford in the Rob Ford days and his days on council and shit like that. If you only knew Doug Ford from his most recent couple of years, you might compare him to Bill Davis. That's how statesman like he is in, in juggling the, the relationship with the feds and the automakers and so on and so forth. This is such an extreme and idiotic comparison. That's like saying, you know, take all the murder and, and evil shit out of the way. And Charles Manson was a pretty good guitar. Well, in all fairness, <laughs> you know, Doug does get painted with a lot of things that Doug never even did. And, and it's not an apologist thing. That's just a history thing. That's right. the reality of it. Um, okay, so we're going to switch gears here, but I'm glad we had that chat, chat about it. I don't think we solved anything, but I do want to know where the line is. And I do think everybody needs to be a little more tolerant of where everyone is because we all go at different spaces, right? There's people who want to be supportive of the LGBTQ movement, but they aren't quite there yet on the flags. There's also people who think, fuck the flag. It's up once a month. There's 12 months in a year. Let's talk about how to make people feel safe all year round. Yeah. And not just because there's a flag flying over there. If I can give a final word on it for a second, because I'm in charge of some brands, some fairly big brands, and uh, we change our logos to have pride logos yep. uh, for the month of June. And part of the reason that we do it is because we support the, the you know, the events that are happening in our communities in the month of, of June. So we, we are in front and center for it. We're promoting and we're letting people know that these, these uh, resources are out there. We do this all year round, but I also believe in letting people know that it's a safe space. It's a really hard thing to be from this is from my understanding from from friends who have had to go through this from family members who have had to go through this it's really difficult to come out and to know that there is a space where somebody is accepting of you no matter what i think that that's a huge message and i think that by changing our logos it's not performative it's not well this company went woke now they're going to go broke no no it's just about saying hey we support you we support you in being yourself we're not trying to groom anybody we're not trying to tell anybody how to live other than to say let's be more tolerant yeah and 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 this is a safe space and to go back to the ted lasso thing we care we love you we love you no there's nothing you have to apologize for or have to explain to anybody we love you the way you are what a great way to end this segment on that thank you i'm leaving (laughs) <laughs> what are you another fucking meeting or something uh, yeah dave's uh, schedule about, about this podcast <laughs> dave's schedule in a day is mind-boggling because when i get done the morning show i am so bagged that i have very little time to downtime before the afternoon show starts so i just want to chill and that's when dave is at like fever pitch he's got like a call going and he's on a zoom call simultaneously and there's like three different people on hold and i don't know how the hell you do it with a kid at home like a newborn <laughs> I, i'm not at home oh this is true <laughs> too actually you're a bad example yeah yeah so in this particular case uh, the superhero in all of this is my wife not me robert de niro we found out last week or the week before is having a baby at 79 years old yeah amazing. now now we know that al pacino at 83 is going to have a baby within the next four to six weeks al pacino at 83 is expecting another child what's going on with all these 
Hollywood icons from the gangster movies getting people pregnant in their 80s. It's amazing to me. Like, I don't know how you have the stamina at 83 to keep up with a kid, uh, a newborn. Fuck. Sorry. I only half heard that. And I'm, I thought you were actually going to point out at 83. How do you keep it up? I was going to oh, say well, they have drugs too. for that. Yeah. The, <laughs> I don't know what he's on, but uh, I mean, listen, it, it, do you, your life, your, live your life. But I just try to figure out how, how you make that work now. De Niro and, and Pacino are different because they've got more money than God and they can d- get all the support they need in the world. Mm-hmm. But at 83, I just, that's my grandmother's age. Yeah. I can't imagine her raising an infant. It, it, it's mind boggling to me how you would even be able to, one, have any kind of a, a relationship with the, with the kid uh, that you can blossom over the next 15 to 20 years. You made a great comment on the air this morning. Um, that <laughs> Al Pacino will be a hundred when his kid graduates from high school. Yeah, a hundred years old. That is, uh, put that into perspective. One, could you imagine your dad is at grad and they're a hundred years old? Right. It's wild to me. It is wild. Okay, and and I know that you are you don't want to make this an ageist thing, and neither do I really. But I feel like it's relevant. He's eighty three. Mom is what twenty nine. Twenty nine years old. Yeah. Now. From what I read about mom, because I didn't know who she was, she's had relationships, although it's been denied that she had relationships with Clint Eastwood, but she had dated a billionaire who was in his 50s when she was in her early 20s. She's been linked to Mick Jagger, uh, among others, and then now Al Pacino. She's got a type. She likes leather. Yes, she does. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, she does. And, And hey, if that's you and that's your thing, you do you. But, I, but it just feels like it comes with a lot more weight. I get that you can technically for almost your entire life as a male reproduce. You're you're going to have the sperm. Larry King was like 109 when he had his last kid. <laughs> but just because you can doesn't mean you should. And, and why would you want to in your 80s have a newborn running around? Don't you? These are your sunset years. Wouldn't you want to go out and live your life? That's what I would. That's exactly what I'm thinking. But I mean, at 83, he, Al Pacino hasn't retired. He's still working. He's still a working actor. But yeah, I I don't know. I look at it and and I just can't I can't imagine it. I try to think from the logistical side of it. I could not do it. I I struggle at my age to do it. Yeah, I uh <laughs> Well, you're in your early 40s. Yeah, I hear the baby crying again. <laughs> that nanny probably hates her life. <laughs> it would either be like the most awesome job or the worst job to have Al Pacino giving you directions. Now the baby's gonna need a diaper change in about three hours. You know, just being. <laughs> oh, there it is. There's the line. They just thought of it on the spot. Walk in the room with the baby. Uh-huh. Say hello to my little friend. <laughs> there it is. If he doesn't do that, he's missing a golden opportunity. The child should be taken away from him if he doesn't do that. Right. Absolutely should. Uh, the Toronto mayoral race is getting interesting. Are you following it at all? Eh, not yet. Okay. Month to go, and they say there's been a major transformation in the polls. Former Toronto Sun columnist Anthony Fury has seen a good bump. The latest numbers from Forum Research now have him in a tie for fourth place. Now, it's only 9% of the vote, but when you consider almost 30% are undecided, that's actually tangible. They say Olivia Chow is way out ahead in the lead. I am not really sure if I believe that or if it's just that was the only name that people recognized when the polling company called. Uh, Yeah. That that is the most recognizable name in all of this. 
So that would make sense at this point. I think a few more debates will go through. And do you think people for mayor, maybe Toronto's a different experience, but if you think locally and maybe a little bit smaller scale, do you think people just vote based on name because they don't really know what the mayor does and they don't really know what like local council does? That's how half these dipshits on school councils got elected. People Nobody's just like voted. their name. Yeah. Or nobody else voted. Yeah. They they it has nothing to do with the signs or anything like that. It was just Mike Smith sounds good to me. This name only has two vowels. <laughs> right? I'm voting for them. I hope that people take it seriously because in case nobody's noticed, we're in a cost of living crisis mm-hmm. right now and a lot of that is driven by inflation. And and the more we spend, the higher inflation goes and you've got two very opposing uh, platforms. On the right, you've got former police chief Mark Saunders and you've got people like Anthony Fury who are saying things like, we've got to stop spending. We've got to cut back. We've got to bring back some common sense. And then on the left, you've got the pitch. We've got to spend more. We've got to invest into our people. We need more resources. We need more this and that. So people really do have a choice to make. I just hope that they decide how they feel about this and then research the candidate that actually works for them. Because as is with a hundred people on the ballot, I don't know how they expect people that aren't on the first page to get any votes. They should almost do that ballot based on opinion polls instead of alphabetically, because it's going to take a long time to find the name of the person you're looking for. If you don't know them. If you don't know them. Exactly. Uh, One more thing I want to mention, and we haven't spent a lot of time talking about this because I'm I'm really still trying to process it and decide how I feel about it. As you've likely heard, we've basically been told, no, we have been told, that China interfered in two different elections and that there was some intimidation against politicians. Yesterday, something very sober and somber happened in the House of Commons when the former candidate for prime minister, Aaron O'Toole, stood up and addressed the House. Listen to about 40 seconds of this, because this is a piece of Canadian history. said, I will break the nature of the threats identified to me by CSIS into four distinct categories of threats. Each of these threats were intended to discredit me Promote, promote false narratives about my policies and to severely obstruct my work as a member of parliament and as leader of the official opposition. The numerous examples also demonstrate that there was an orchestrated campaign of foreign interference in the 43rd parliament and into the 2021 general election. The first category of threat is related to foreign funding, specifically the payment of funds by the Chinese Communist Party through the United Front Work Department to create specific products of misinformation on me as a member of parliament and as leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. The second category of threat is related to human resources, specifically the use of groups of people working for or aligned with the United Front Work Department in Canada. They were organized and directed by a foreign state to amplify misinformation efforts and undermine my work as a member of this chamber and as leader of a parliamentary caucus. The third category of threat is related to foreign-controlled social media platforms. This category related specifically to the WeChat communications platform and its use to further the aims of the Chinese Communist Party and the United Front Work Department and their campaign to spread misinformation to undermine and discredit my work in this chamber as the Member of Parliament for Durham and as leader of the official opposition. The final category of threat outlined to me, Madam Speaker, is related to voter suppression, specifically 
Intelligent indicated an active campaign of voter suppression against me, the Conservative Party of Canada, and a candidate in one electoral district during the 2021 general election. I must acknowledge at this point, Madam Speaker, that I also believe my privileges as a member and officer of Parliament were infringed by the government's unwillingness or inability to act on intelligence related to foreign interference. That's good enough. Now we have CSIS, our National Foreign Intelligence Agency, that has briefed the former leader of the official opposition, a current member of parliament, Aaron O'Toole. They've told him, you were targeted. There was voter suppression. There was illegal funding. There was misinformation campaign orchestrated online. So with that in mind, this is now fact. You can't argue it. China absolutely interfered in our elections and possibly in government itself. Now, he didn't elaborate on how they interfered in parliament, only on the election, but he did say they interfered in parliament as well. Why do we still not have a public inquiry? I don't understand why they're holding out. And, and I'll, I'll give you another example. You've got the conservatives, love them or hate them, they want an inquiry. The Bloc Québécois, love them or hate them, they want a public inquiry. The NDP is also demanding a public inquiry because they too may have been affected by this. And we know at least one member of the NDP was threatened by the Chinese government. Why are they still holding out and not calling this inquiry? Is it really just because, well, there's too much classified information? Because it seems like there's got to be more than that. Well, so I'll look at it from a very outside 3,000 foot view of this whole thing. Um, I think... It's one of those things where whatever party's in power wants to have a look at everything first and, and kind of make sense of it. Uh, it doesn't matter who's in power, but I think they want to know before they get blindsided with something going public that they didn't know. Do you think um, they really don't know or do you think they're just waiting to see what else CSIS is going to leak? Uh, maybe a bit of both. Maybe a bit of both. I think that they they know enough to know that, okay, well... This, if we if we release this information as is, there's a good potential that it will erode the uh, faith in the the democratic experience and process and the parliamentary system and all of that. I think that there's um, again, it doesn't matter who's in power. I think that all of the other parties all want this inquiry because they don't have that information. So it doesn't matter if the liberals in power. It doesn't matter if it's conservative NDP. It doesn't matter whoever's in power they're going to have the attack from all the other ones because the other parties don't have the same information. Well, there was an interesting twist yesterday. The NDP had supported the Conservatives and the Bloc in calling for a public inquiry because this is something that Canadians have an absolute right to know about mm. as much as, as uh, classification can allow. So we do have a right to know. There should be a public inquiry. Parliament has already voted overwhelmingly in favor of one. And we know that about 60 to 70% of Canadians want one. But yesterday, the NDP doubled down and they said, not only do we want a public inquiry, we want David Johnston fired because they're pointing out how the perception of bias is growing by the day and they keep finding new things that link David Johnston to the prime minister when they both insisted there was no link. So for the NDP to now turn on the former governor general, like the other two main opposition parties, I feel like this is a losing battle for the government. I don't know why they don't just say, you know what, with all due respect to 
eminent Canadian, David Johnson, thanks for your report, but we're going to hold a public inquiry because there's Canadians who just don't have a lot of trust in the system. Now, let's look at this Toronto mayoral race. That's the next big election on the calendar. How do we know they're not grossly interfering with that race? We don't. We, we don't know that they're not doing that with any race. Nobody should be interfering with Canadian elections that's not a Canadian voter. That's my thought on it. Well, yeah. Yeah. doesn't matter who it is. I hope they do it. I really do. And if for no other reason, God damn, will that ever be great daytime television? That will be just great. Do it because Scott's looking for something to watch. I got nothing to do come <laughs> fall and during the day. So if we could just get something interesting on CPAC, that'd be amazing. Like I've watched enough golf tournaments during the day. I've watched enough. <laughs> uh, we've already gone over. We got to go. But thank you for filling in for Cat the last couple of days. Yeah, it's been a blast. And hopefully we don't get canceled. Somebody is angry that you didn't apologize yesterday. Should I apologize for not apologizing? And to Mike Tyson. Yeah, well, that's a, Friday, <laughs> that's a Friday thing. If you want the apologies, then you got to listen on Fridays. Have a great day, everybody. Sorry. <laughs>